What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. Welcome back. Today on the show, we're speaking with Wen Wang. She is a researcher working in the area of biotechnology and material science. Biotechnology has been a hot topic of conversation this year. And if you're not exactly sure what it is, we're going to unpack that for you today and speak with Wen about what it means for the fashion industry. According to the UN, biotechnology is the use of living systems and organisms to develop or make products or any technological application that uses biological systems, living organisms or derivatives thereof to make or modify products or processes for specific use. Biotechnology hits home for the fashion industry when you think about material science. For the past century, with few exceptions, our clothing has been made from the same materials using the same processes. Biotechnology is a new way for approaching not only where our materials come from, but what they can do in the future. Through her research at MIT, Wen has developed a kind of bioskin, which is essentially a material that breathes. Here to tell us more about it is biotechnology and material science researcher Wen Wang. So Wen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Amanda, for inviting me. So for those who aren't familiar with you and your work, can you explain who you are and what you do? I was born and grew up in Inner Mongolia in China, so I loved biology when I was young, and I was always amazed by nature. So I pursued my undergrad education and also my PhD degree in the area of bioengineering. So I'm particularly interested in fabricating innovative biomaterials through the efforts of biotechnology and material science. And so where are you speaking to me from now? What's your current position with the organization that you're with? I'm currently located in Singapore because of my family. So I will join in as a faculty member in the Department of Biomedical Engineering in the National University of Singapore very soon. And so you're working on what some people have called and what you've called biohybrid wearables. Can you tell us in simple terms what exactly is that? A lot of people have heard about wearable technology. They've heard about biotech. But what is this biohybrid wearables? So biohybrid wearables, you can see that there are two words. The first one is biohybrid. The second one is wearable. So we're actually using bacteria to make wearable devices. So in this case, we made two wearable suits, one for men, one for women, and also a shoe prototype that contains bacteria. So biohybrid means that it has the living part, the bio one and also it is composite together with another material, which is the synthetic material. That means biohybrid. So the cool part for our biohybrid material is that it can be used for sensing our sweat ability, such as when you wear it into a gym, the real garment with this biohybrid films, it can sense how much you are sweating and help your skin to breathe. Basically, your sweat can be easily ventilated out away from the skin to keep your skin more comfort. 
And so there was a video that circulated a short while ago looking at this project that you're working on called Biologic. And a lot of people in the fashion technology and wearable technology community were talking about it because the flaps on the fabric seemed to open up by themselves. It was almost like they were possessed. <laughs> but right. This is actually happening as I understand it because of nano actuators. Maybe you could explain what that is and then how that fits into the project. Yes, biologic is a name we coined by adding bio and logic together. So basically bio means that it's based on biotechnology. Logic means it's also considering as a logic circuit. So biologic is actually growing living actuators and synthesizing responsive bio skin rather than grow it. So imagine the garment, it can gives you how you feel and change the shape and size. So basically, the actuator, if you search by Wikipedia, you will find the actuator is actually means a component of machine that is responsible for moving or controlling a mechanism or a system. So in our case, our actuator actually is the bacteria, the cell. So it can respond to the humidity and change the size. After compositing the bacteria using a certain alignment, it can form a fabric that can move to different direction when you expose it to a different humidity environment. In our case, when you wear it and sweat, because the sweat increases the humidity, near the skin so the whole fabric become alive it can bend up and so that's where the logic part of biologic comes in because the fabric itself seems to have this new kind of intelligence i'm wondering there's a lot of interest in kind of hacking fabrics today and i'm wondering in your opinion what's missing from the regular fabrics that we have on the market today like nylon and cotton that you believe in your work can be improved upon so our work definitely can improve the interactivity between the human and the fabric itself. So traditionally, the garment, we have no emotion, no affection with the garment. It's just a piece of fabric. But now it's a living second skin. So it can be attached on your skin and sense your body condition and smartly change the shape and change the ventilation property. So, and also our garment was grown rather than made. That means in future, we envision that all the garment we wear can be cultured and grow in a bioreactor rather than made from the traditional fabrication processes. That's fascinating to me. I, I can imagine a future where you're growing your dress for the evening or for a special occasion coming up in your closet. But why do you think that this conversation of fabrication and biotechnology is becoming so popular today? So biotechnology has been growing really, really fast for the past decade, especially recently, you may heard a word called CRISPR. So it's a new technology that can edit the gene. So in future, we can use this CRISPR technology to edit any bacteria and any even mammalian cell, including ourselves even, to have certain properties, such as you can add bacteria or add some other mammalian cells to produce synthetic leather. Actually, someone has already done it. So a company called Morden Meadow, they can synthesize leather in their lab, 
rather than peeling the skin from the towel. So I believe biotechnology can really help the whole community of fabrication to look at the problem from a different angle. In the other societies, such as bioenergy or bioremediation, they already use bacteria and use other living systems to produce energy or to degradate pollution for many, many years. So there's a big opportunity here to rethink the way that textiles and materials are produced. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we believe in future textiles, instead of using traditional, maybe more polluted way to maybe color it or to fabricate it, we can use some new way to to synthesize it and to make it smart as well. So smart means it can sense your maybe your body condition, even your heart rate or your emotion or maybe generate some really nice smell to help your body or help you and others to connect with each other. For instance, in our biologic work, we envision that by engineering the bacteria through genetic modification, we are able to introduce maybe other fragment molecule into the bacteria. That means after you GM, you won't be very smelly and you will smell like rose smell, vanilla smell, and you don't need to wash yourself anymore. That sounds amazing. I would love if my gym clothes smelled like vanilla after I work out because they certainly don't smell like vanilla now. (laughs) So it's our understanding that you work out of the MIT's Tangible Media Group. What is the mission of that community? So in a world that there are many, many advanced technology and radical innovations taking place, Media Lab researchers hope to design technologies for people to create a better future. And for Tangible Media Group, led by Professor Hiroshi Ishii, we hope to explore the tangible bees and radical items vision to seamlessly couple the dual world. One of them is the digital world. The other one is the physical world. To be more simple, it means that we can think about to expand the affordance of physical objects, surfaces, or spaces so they can support direct direct engagement with the digital world. And recently, Professor Hiroshi Ishii also proposed a radical items concept. Basically, he envisioned that human interaction with the future dynamic physical material should be transformable, conformable, and informable. Very interesting. So we've touched on it a little bit, but maybe if you could elaborate, what role do you think science has on improving the fabrics of the future? So as a scientist, we definitely want to look at the biodegradability of the fabric. So how we can reuse the fabric to make it more environmental friendly. And also we want to think about how to source different type of fabric, such as the work done by Susanna Lee, a UK-based designer. He used a kombucha, a kind of tea culture to get cellulose from bacteria to make a new fashion, to make some very beautiful clothes. So I think these are all great trends for thinking about how science can help to improve the fabric in future. And also, probably, we can also think about the multifunctionality of the fabric, such as maybe a fabric, it can adjust based on the climate, such as in a hot environment, it can help you ventilate, but in a cooler environment, it keeps you warm, just like what we are doing here in the biologic project. Very fascinating. So as I understand it, you also use 3D printers in your work. What role does this technology play? 
we build a micro resolution bioprinting system by ourselves. So the printer can print as low as five microliter per minute of the solution out in a very high accuracy and controlled way. And it also has high customizability. So in our case, we actually print the bacteria onto the fabric using this 3D printer. And in future, we hope to print the entire garment out using the printer. And will the garments be washable in the future? Or is it that we're working towards a future where they don't need to be washable? We envision in the future, we don't need to wash it anymore because the garment, it can self-clean and it can also help your body to keep clean as well, eat up your sweat as well. So in that case, we don't need to wash it. And also we may not even wash ourselves in the future. That's so fascinating because, you know, the textile industry, as you and I both know, uses a ton of water and not even just thinking about the afterlife of the garment when we're taking care of it, but even in just the production. So it's it's very interesting, all the sustainability angles in your work. I just have a few more questions for you before I let you go. And we appreciate <laughs> your time so much. As someone who's working at the intersection of fashion and technology, what do you think fashion can learn from technology? For most of the research in the technology field, it's always problem-oriented. That means it look at a bigger picture, such as a pollution problem, the renewable energy problem, or a water and food shortage problem. So I hope the uh, the people working in the fashion area, they can also look at these big pictures, such as prevent pollution when they think about their raw material or start with a much environmental-friendly material from biosourced, such as from a coconut shell or reuse a certain biomass in the environment. And so I'll turn the question on its head. What do you think technology can learn from fashion? Mm, so I think people working in fashion, they're really good at create emotional attachment to look at the object, not only an object, but also part of yourself. But for the current technology, lots of people, they kind of build very cold technology and it's hard to understand and hard to create this attachment. I hope people working in the technology area can also understand our feeling and our needs better and have more human side rather than the machine side. Absolutely. And so how can people follow you and stay in touch with what you're doing? So they can email me or follow me at my Twitter account. So my email is wen.eve.wang at gmail.com. And my Twitter is at www.eveehss. Or maybe after next year, they can follow me from my website from the university in the National University of Singapore. Absolutely. And we'll put all of those links up on Electric Runway, as well as photos of some of the projects that you're working on. It's been a fascinating conversation. Wen, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you for inviting us. That was my conversation with Wen Wang, a biotechnology researcher and material science expert. To see pictures of what Wen described, I invite you to visit electricrunway.com, where we always have images to accompany each episode. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, we invite you to do so on SoundCloud or iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. That's it for today's episode. Until next time, here's looking towards the future.
music from today's episode by Andrew Applepie.